Percy, here's a question for you. Does it amaze you, as it does me, how the plans of God are always far better than our plans that we can put forth? Wow, here we go. Another one of those interesting questions. You know, Wayne, the word amaze, for me, is just the tip of the surface and the iceberg. What comes to mind when I think about this question, as you ask it, is the word incomprehensible. Hmm. Because part of our mental makeup is that we're always trying to comprehend and completely understand and be able to unpack all of the moving pieces, nuances, and dynamics. And so I think today that we should dial up a conversation uh, to really address how far God can take any individual's life beyond what they could even think or imagine as they continue to try to serve and follow God. We're going to hear from a colleague of yours who reflects on his early days of ministry to the most unlikely group of people, the cancer community. Stay with us. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. My name is Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. And Percy, I love these conversations with you. Thank you for the topics you come up with each time. Well, I'm blessed and I continue to thank God that he's using me as I am, as he has gifted me and that I'm, I'm staying in my lane and that we are blessing people accordingly. And so don't ask me to do your taxes because I'm not really good at that, but this I can do. No problem. I'm not asking you to do my taxes, never. Good. <laughs> All right, we're going to meet a friend of yours today. Actually, he's going to be with us this week and next week as well because it's such a meaningful conversation. So uh, I'll correct. have you introduce him in just a, a few moments here. But really, we do want to talk about this fact that we don't see the end from the beginning, do we? we, we the, our times are in the Lord's hands. Very seldom, Wayne, and I think that I can put forth this challenge. And you know, I'll use, I'll put you out there as well. Did you see yourself being the Wayne Shepherd that you are today, oh, and no. the pathway that got you here before you started this journey? I would probably say you probably did. No not. way. And that's true, probably for all of us, because we have certain thoughts, feelings. I often, I used to, uh, I was asked to speak to high school kids many times, uh, incoming freshman class. And the, the, the last year that they invited me, because they didn't invite me back after that year, because I made this statement, I said, it, you cannot be who you want to be. You can only be ultimately what God has destined and gifted and assigned you to be. Right. And so the misnomer is that we think that we're in charge of where we're going and how we're going to get there and where we're headed. But the truth of the matter is only God knows those plans for us and we're going to have to follow him and in many cases god is going to direct us even when we're struggling with the with the directive at hand but when it's all said and done it will be absolutely exactly what he wanted how he wanted it and how he gifted us to do it even if we didn't see that in the beginning we're going to learn that lesson from our guest here in just a few moments but do you have a passage of scripture that comes to your mind when you think about this I have a perfect scripture that goes with this. So our spiritual nugget for today is 1 Corinthians 2.9, 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, I has not seen, hmm, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has, here we go, watch me now, prepared 
for those who love him. God has prepared some things. In other words, God has already cooked the dinner. He's already put it in the freezer. It's frozen. And in time, it's going to be pulled out, put into the oven, unthawed, and then you're going to be able to serve it. But you and I do not get to dictate how that works. In the fullness of time. In the fullness. As my mother used to say, in the fullness of time. Keep living, son. You'll see. Yep. We'll get to our guests in a moment. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question-and-answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which is part of City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. We've got a lot to learn today, so let's get after it now and listen to Percy's conversation with our guest. Well, hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P. I'm back, Reverend Percy McRae, with another compelling conversation. And I'm bringing to the microphone today my dear friend, my brother, long-term friend, brother, 30-year friend, uh, colleague, cohort, and constituent in the ministry, Pastor Emeritus, Reverend Michael A. Langham. And he and I started in the cancer support ministry business many years ago. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we do that, welcome back to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well, and it is a pleasure to be with you and uh, uh, to just be able to uh, share a few nuggets. And hopefully the people will be able to glean from our conversation today. Well, indeed. Well, there, there's between the two of you, the, between the two of us, I should say, there is much that, that we have learned and experienced. First of all, I wanted to give tribute and pay tribute to you uh, as a, a trailblazer. I consider you to be a trailblazer, and I know that for a fact. I don't have to check your resume because I was with you for many years in the beginning when, uh, when you started your career because I started my career in cancer care ministry very shortly after you did. Yes, yes. Well, it, it, it definitely uh, was a great time. We we challenged one another. We learned from one another. I concur, my friend. I could not have said that any better. That being said, let's go back to the beginning, my friend. We met in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, started out at Cancer Treatment Centers of America there. and uh, But you moved there from Kentucky and to attend uh, Oral Roberts University at Tulsa, and I was there going to Bible college as well. And then our paths crossed each other uh, as we met at a local congregation that we served in a leadership capacity there. Let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about your beginnings at uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, when, how, and why. Give us a little history and background of how all of that kind of unfolded from your perspective. Well, I uh, uh, believe it was 1986 when I accepted God's call on my life and Uh, I was working in a local church in northern Kentucky and was attending a local Bible college part-time, and then God spoke to my heart uh, to go to an accredited theological seminary, and that's when I uh, moved to Tulsa in the summer of 1989 and started uh, fall classes at ORU. 
And then it was in, uh, as you stated, in uh, 1996, I believe, that we were uh, 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 both ministers at a local church in Tulsa. And a very, very dear friend of ours who worked in human resources at Cancer Treatment Centers of America asked if I was interested in chaplaincy. And at that point in time, I hadn't, uh, 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 hadn't even, probably hadn't even heard the word chaplaincy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, us being dear friends and in ministry and understanding the importance of prayer, I asked if you would uh, pray with me about that. Went, uh, we went to the Lord in prayer, and uh, I believe uh, that we both came back. The Lord spoke the same thing to our hearts, that uh, what we needed to present to um, the Tulsa Hospital was that we would come as a team, and that's exactly what, they, what we did. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it was, um, uh, that's how it all began. Yeah, 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 that, that, that is true. And uh, I stand to attest to that. Uh, and so we began, you know, and basically both uh, not really, you know, because I know for sure that was never in my purview. Uh, as you stated, uh, I may have heard the word chaplain once or twice and maybe in a military context was certainly yeah. not not yes. from a not from a ministry perspective and yes. certainly not in the healthcare industry and at that time I think chaplaincy was still a relatively kind of novel idea yes so Definitely. yeah we start and you know we both look at each other and said listen man um, you sit on that side of the room I'm going to sit on this side of the room and we're going to work it out and we did yeah. that and Lord knows, unbelievable things uh, unfolded for us, and I was grateful for that time for sure. We, yes, um, you know, we I worked there in Tulsa with you for about a year, I believe it was, and I was transferred to Chicago, to our Chicago mm -hmm. location, and then, but we still continued to work together and uh, did some 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 phenomenal things, just life changing things, in my opinion. And I think the the fact again that uh, we we both looked to God. It wasn't about what what we read in a book about what chaplaincy should be yeah, or, yeah. uh, you know, we look to God and the way that we approach that is that, you know, we wanted God to tell us what he wanted us to do. Yeah, and yeah. again, um, we, we, uh, we re reworked that ministry and, um, in that first year received patient satisfaction scores uh, that were the highest in the history of the organization yeah. to that point in time. Yep. Uh, and of course, uh, that's when they asked you to go back to uh, Chicago to duplicate mm -hmm. uh, what we had done in the Tulsa facility. Yep, that, that, that is correct. And so um, as we fast forward, how many years, I, I lose track now, you worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America as the director of pastoral care in Tulsa for how many years, Pastor? Uh, I was there for 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was 20 years. I wanted to, 20 years. I wanted to be clear about that. And so yeah. then, you know, and, and we'll get to that in another segment, but then you, you kind of stepped away from that ministry and then you became, 
uh, senior pastor at a local church uh, there in Tulsa also. And we'll talk a little bit about that ministry and that work as well. Uh, But for the 20 years while at CTCA, uh, tell me, what do you think were some of the most important things you learned from ministry to cancer patients? That's a great question. You know, I'm a type A uh, personality and uh, I'm very methodical. I'm very organized. And uh, to me, uh, you know, going to school, going to seminary, and that whole process was, I just loved it. I just <laughs> thrived in that. So, you know, I love the learning process. But one of the things that I didn't learn in <laughs> seminary was that, especially when it comes to cancer patients, is that they didn't care how much I knew. They wanted to know how much I cared. So that's something that I had to learn. So because I had this wealth of knowledge and information, I was always trying to impart it Mm -hmm. because I thought that, you know, hey, I'm going to shake this up and I'm going to make a difference in their lives by telling them everything that I know. But what happened was, is that I ended up talking too much Mm. and I did not give the patient time to talk. And one of the things that, that we learn is that cancer patients need the ability to tell their story. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, So that was one of the uh, uh, mistakes and awakenings that that, uh, happened for me. They uh, also, they need to be able to talk to someone who understands the language. Mm. You know, I I don't remember the statistics now, but the way I used to, I believe phrase it was that when a per- when people know that a, a person has cancer, when people see them coming, fifty percent of those people turn and walk in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Of of that other fifty percent, forty percent of them say all the wrong things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's vital if you're going to minister to cancer patients that you have to understand the lingo, you have to understand the language. So um, uh, the different types of cancer, the different types of treatment and everything in between is important so that you can have an educated conversation Mm. with someone if you're going to be ministering to a cancer patient or a family member for that fact. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely true, Pastor, because again, as you said, it's not about what you know, it's not about what you think you know, it's about being able to plug in where they are, and and that's very different, uh, as we know, for every cancer patient is unique, it's different, and they have a story to tell, but typically no one ever stop to listen to them and and let them tell their story and unpack their story. And you're right. I learned that same lesson uh, <laughs> painfully in some in- instances as well. So I, I yes. concur with that. Yes, um, what would you say was, was one of your most difficult or challenging moments uh, in cancer care ministry with a patient or a patient family that, you know, you really... It kind of you you really have to regroup and 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 seek the face of God and get the wisdom of God. 
Well, uh, this is real a real easy question for me because early in my cancer ministry, within several months of me being at the hospital, there was a matriarch of a uh, of a fairly large family that was in ICU mm. and the prognosis was not good and they had called the family to come in uh, so that everybody would have an opportunity to say their goodbyes. Uh, what I learned after uh, uh, very shortly spending some time and observing the family mm -hmm. is first I, I, I noticed that uh, out of six children that they would not go in and visit their mother at the same time. Mm -hmm. They would go in individually. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a little strange. Yeah. So in, in, in visiting with the family, I found out, and this isn't unlike any of our families, all of our, all of our families have some degree of dysfunction I in agree. them. I agree. But, uh, this family was was very dysfunctional, and uh, I'm like, I don't know what. At that point in time, you know, again, me being new in this ministry, all I could do was seek God. Mm -hmm. Thank God that I have enough <laughs> that I had enough sense to ask God right. what to do. Sure. So. Uh, um, God shared with me uh, through my prayer time that uh, because of their dysfunction, that this mother was hanging on and she was not going to let go until all of her children came together as one. Yep. So I visited with each individual, uh, one of her adult children ministered to them, talked to them, and then brought them all together. They came together, uh, had faith in what I was sharing with them mm -hmm. and realized that it was true. Yeah. And they forgave one another. Uh, they um, uh, dealt with their issues, mm -hmm. whatever they whatever they were, right. uh, I didn't have to sit in the room with them mm. to hash all of that out. <laughs> Wasn't my business. Right, right, right. But, but they worked through all of that. And after they did that, they were able to go in as a family, yeah. talk to their mother, let her know that they had forgiven one another, that they loved one another, uh, and that they were all there for her. Yeah. After that, that night, their mother finally let go and went home to be with the Lord. Yeah. So that was um, a very, uh, very, uh, there were so many things mm -hmm. that, that happened in my life that happened in that family's life and that God showed me as it related to cancer care ministry and how vitally important that work is not only in the life of a patient but in the family as well yeah it's a, it's a powerful moment no question about it and again how significant because we're not talking about inside of the four walls of a local church we're talking about at the bedside in a healthcare environment 
And, uh, you know, what what a moment to be able to understand and see uh, the power of God be utilized in that situation to help uh, a loved one transition. Because as we mm-hmm. know, it's appointed once unto death for every man to die and then the judgment. And that happens to cancer patients on yes. some occasions. And so... Uh, thank God that you were there and you and you were able to receive, seek and receive the wisdom of God on how to really adequately support this family. That said, Reverend, what's your greatest achievement in cancer care ministry? That that was that was a moment of epiphany and learning. Uh, what was one of your greatest moments of achievement in this space? We started out not knowing much about the environment, not really sure how this was going to work. I know for me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to hold on to my other job. I'm going to take a couple of weeks of leave of absence in case this doesn't really work out. And, yeah. and, and of course, it did. What was one of your greatest achievements of, of, of work in, in cancer well, care ministry? Well, I think. Uh, again, this is a very easy question. The greatest achievement is not only mine, but it was our greatest achievement together. And uh, that was the be- uh, the beginning of our journey of hope. Mm. Um, never in a million years had I thought that I would be in uh, chaplaincy. Mm. Uh, and that happened. Yeah. Um, cancer care ministry and and our journey of hope was something that uh, wasn't laid on my heart, uh, wasn't laid on your heart. It was laid on the heart of a patient at at the uh, hospital that you were serving at. Uh, and, And then that was passed on to you and uh, through one of your staff members there. And we just started putting our heads together of, uh, you know, what, what, what would something like this look like? And, uh, you know, through prayer and sacrifice and uh, just working together and, and allowing the gifts of many various people Uh, who participated in it, uh, it just, it came together uh, and it grew to be something, you know, at, at, at From the Heart, we talk about leaving a deposit in the earth realm. Yeah, yeah. This is something that I never, ever imagined uh, that I would be a part of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's something that now that even though I'm no longer a part of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and even when I go home to be with the Lord, uh, this program and the benefits of our journey of hope will be blessing cancer patients and their families uh, uh, from now until the Lord returns. Yeah. So that that. That's uh, just an awesome uh, feeling to be a part of something like that. It, it is. It's, it, and I concur with you to, to be able to, to be part of something that, that was a grassroots movement from the ground up, uh, you know, from, from the imagination of a thought and a request. Uh, and just to kind of give an update, we, you know, there's now well over 3,000 churches internationally and within the United States that have been trained and uh, by our journey of hope. Uh, that have started cancer care ministries uh, inside of their local churches. And you're right, 
Those churches will bless cancer patients and those cancer patients will bless other cancer patients. And you talk about duplication and multiplication on, on the highest level. And it is, it was, it has been a, a labor of love and a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but so worth it. And uh, I thank God for your contribution uh, and partnership as we had moved along in the early days to kind of make that happen and, and to God be the glory for that. And for those of you who are listening, if you're interested in the Our Journey of Hope program, Cancer Care Leadership Training program, it's a free program, free of charge. Please go to OurJourneyOfHope.com and you can sign up for a free virtual class training session that you or members of your church leadership can attend on how to start cancer care ministry inside of your local congregation tomorrow. And it is all free of charge. And I thank you, Pastor, for, for again, your contribution to that. It was a heavy lift, I got to tell you. And Lord knows uh, we needed every hand on deck to make it happen. And so uh, we still stand strong with regard to that. Lastly, um, you know, did you, for, did you, could you have imagined, Pastor, in your mind, 20 years later, all that you just talked about would have been part of, and this is just part A of your ministry. We're going to talk about part yeah. B when we come back and do a second segment because you begin, you you left Cancer Treatment Centers of America to become a senior pastor at From the Heart Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we'll talk about that. But could you have, we'll close on this question, could you have imagined in your wildest <laughs> imagination that, that something like CTCA, our journey of hope, and all of the other things that went with that would have been part of what you would have done from a ministerial perspective, my friend? No, you know, I, I grew up an introvert. <laughs> I know people that know me now like would probably be like, no, you can't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I never would have saw myself uh, in those roles yeah. and, and uh, you know, ministering to people and, um, uh, you know, God speaking to me to be able to do that. But it, it, it was, it was a life changing experience for me and, um, every step along the way. And when I say that it was ordained of God mm. and that he directed my step from the very beginning of that individual who came to me yeah. and asked if I would be interested in chaplaincy yeah. to, to my 20 years and, and everything that was accomplished uh, at CTCA. And then to my leaving there and going into the pastorate, I mean, it, that was you know, it, it's amazing yeah. to see God work. <laughs> it is. It really <laughs> you know, is. It's amazing to see God work. And then at, after the fact, you know, you, you, you're able to sit back and say, oh, mm -hmm. God did this mm -hmm. and he spoke to this person mm -hmm. and that had to happen and God had to move here. See, it wasn't just God dealing with me. No. It was God dealing with and speaking to 
many people yep. moving in many lives in different directions to make things happen. And uh, we serve an awesome God. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and everything that you say is absolutely true. Well, Pastor, our time is up. I love you. I respect you. I thank God for you. Uh, and it, 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 it was and has been and continues to be my privilege to be a friend of yours. And I mean that from the depths of my soul. And thank you for, on behalf of every cancer patient, every cancer caregiver, uh, every church leader, because those numbers are in the thousands over 20 years that you have served this community faithfully. And one thing for sure, Reverend Michael A. Langham is not doing anything halfway, and he's going to do it with a spirit of excellence, as you stated earlier, uh, with, with that type A personality, and it has served you well, and it has served God's people well. So thank you, man. I appreciate you so, so, so very much. You know, I love you. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, people use the word friendship uh, very flippantly. And... Uh, I count you as a uh, a friend, and I have very, very, very few <laughs> friends. Uh, you have been a part of my life, as we've said, for um, uh, uh, almost 30 years, yeah. I believe. Yep, that is correct. And you have been uh, there at every significant time in my life. Mm. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that. I, I love you, and I'm looking forward to all of the great things that God is going to do in your life and our continued friendship. With that today, you have heard from the one, the only, the incomparable Pastor Reverend Michael A. Langham. He has now uh, worked 20 years at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then uh, went on to pastor his own local congregation from the Heart Ministries that he has now retired from. And uh, he is somewhat retired. We use the word retired, but he's still working <laughs> behind the scenes in many ways at his local church. And he's still working in the ministry and he's doing uh, continually serving God's people. And we're going to come back and talk about uh, his, his career after Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You won't want to miss that. Until the next time, this is Pastor P., the Cancer Pastor, Reverend Percy McRae, and this is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And that was so very good. Thank you. And as Percy said, make sure you join us next week when we'll continue this conversation between these two men. So fascinating to hear them talk together. I'll talk with Percy again in just a moment, but I want you to know that we have an exciting announcement to make that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are now teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to this community, the Health, Hope, and Inspiration community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. Learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Yes, free. Quiet your mind, relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, HHI, text to 22433. We believe you will be blessed and encouraged. As we were blessed and encouraged by uh, your conversation just now, Percy, I'm looking forward to part two coming up next week. This is a man who deserves honor, doesn't he? 
He does. He's 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 my friend, first of all. So I'm biased, obviously. But, you know, Wayne, I remember when I first started in ministry and before I actually got into ministry, I was born and raised in church. I think I've shared that before. I used to always uh, relish in watching uh, seasoned ministers who would talk about friendships that they had in ministry and, and how important they were. And in some cases, how unlikely they were in coming together. And that's certainly then I had the the opportunity to experience that on two or three occasions, but certainly in this particular situation with the one and only Reverend Michael A. Langham, uh, we could not have been more diametrically different in personality, tone, and attitude. He's a, as he said, he is a type A personality, and I'm an alpha at the end of the day. And so uh, he's very methodical. You know, he, he he takes thought. He's very organized. He's very disciplined. Eh, me, not so much. So with that being said... You know, we we our paths were brought together, you know, by a set of circumstances. And then we started out on this path and this journey. So I personally witnessed the brilliance, the intelligence, the 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 gifting of someone that I did not possess. I did not possess the giftings of Michael A. Langham. And I understood that. But I relished and I appreciated what he brought to the table. And he he helped me. I learned so much from him. And, you know, so with that being said, 20 years in the cancer space, uh, serving this community. You know, he became the director of uh, a pastoral care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America Hospital in Tulsa. And then he built his team. You know, when I left, uh, then he started building his team and, uh, and fashioned it in the way that God had instructed him and did amazing things. And so uh, though we did not work together after that, personally face to face, we remotely always were working together at, at, at regional mutual sites to, to basically share this mission of, of pastoral care and spiritual support to cancer patients. So I just want to give a huge shout out to my friend and my brother. I love, respect him highly. And I'll say this, there were times that we disagreed vehemently <laughs> with each other. And, you know, I'm not the guy to disagree with. And your friendship survived day, it. And we were able to come back, hug and kiss, forgive each other and say, listen, man, I was wrong. I, I probably should have compromised a little bit in that on that point or whatever. And here we are almost 30 years later, still the best of friends. And so I love him dearly. Yeah. Well, like you, he also acknowledged there was a learning curve involved here. And that's an important takeaway from this conversation as well. Well, I, I wanted people to hear from, because I think sometimes when we think about spiritual leaders, and, and he is certainly a spiritual leader, maybe not in the most conventional of senses, but we have learned now, I think, Wayne, over the last 30 years, that what we used to think around conventional ministry has had to get expanded. Everybody doesn't necessarily always start out or stay behind the pulpit in four walls of the local church. There's there's tons of ministry, as you know, that is happening across the world uh, that doesn't necessarily have the distinction of pastor and congregation associated with it. And so with that, we both started out and we, we entered into a space that, again, was not really carved out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of literature and direction. And that was pastoral care or chaplaincy in the healthcare environment to cancer patients. And one of the things that he said he took away was that, you know, it humbled him. He had to learn that it wasn't so much about what he knew, but about how much uh, patients knew that he cared for them. And that in many cases, he needed to enter a room and shut up and be quiet. It wasn't about what he could tell them as much as it was about letting cancer patients. And that's why we do this show yep. to tell their story. Let them drive the bus 
everybody tells a cancer patient what to think, feel, uh, and do. Well, cancer patients are like, listen, did you guys ever ask me what I'm thinking or what I am feeling or how this is impacting me? That's why we do the show that we do. We let them drive the bus. And so that was part of our learning curve. It was part of his learning curve. And it actually equipped and prepared him when he started much later on down the lines, 20 years later, to actually pastor the church that he believed that he was always going to do. But God started him on a very different path and led him down a path that ultimately got to that. But he had no idea that he would be doing what he did until he actually did it. And he was grateful for the fact of the learning and, and the education and the development that pastoral care ministry inside of a local hospital afforded him. Well, we're not done learning from the two of you. And he will be back. Reverend Michael Lang will be back next week here with our friend Percy for part two of their conversation together. So make sure you join us for the next episode, as they say, the next time we're here with Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, the perfect resource to pair with this conversation is called Missing the Now, Looking for Tomorrow. How often we overlook the blessings of today and what we can learn today because we're, we're already trying to live the future, which is it's not ours to determine, as you said earlier. Yeah, well, you know, we're making plans, you know, we're checking the list, you know, make, you know we're, we, we've got these thoughts, these pre-inscribed ideas, and it's good to be a planner. It's good to put a plan in place. I know now the, the language of the day is everybody now has a vision board. Mm-hmm. You know, you should try to get a vision for your life and, and, and try to course it accordingly. But I want to give you this disclaimer at the end of the day, and then we'll read scripture to close this thing down, is that. God does not necessarily do your plans as much as he does his own plans. As a matter of fact, there's one scripture that says that many are the desires of a man's heart, but only the purposes of the Lord will prevail. And God will uh, upset your apple cart with what you think he is going to do and how and when and with whom he's going to do it with. But ultimately, at the end of the day, God knows best. Like uh, the old TV show, Father Knows Best. I preach uh, so many messages around that thing <laughs> that when we think about it, Father Knows Best. And we we just get to go along on the ride. But if we keep our eyes open, our heart open, we will learn things in the moment versus what is going to happen later down the line. And that's what this resource is designed to help people look at. And it's available to you right now when you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download it instantly, healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, that scripture you read earlier means so much more now after hearing from Reverend Michael today. And this really just summarizes his own commentary, because I believe I asked him the question specifically, would he have ever imagined being and doing the type of ministry that he did with cancer patients? And so here's the reply for that. First Corinthians 2 and 9 says this, but as it is written, hallelujah, uh, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man. I know we have a lot of things running around in our hearts, but in many cases, what God's overall purpose for our life now and then later is not necessarily the details are not floating in our heart. We don't have that worked out. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has pre pre prepared <laughs> for those who love him. And today I want to say I honor my friend. I love you, Reverend Michael A. Langham, and thank you for being my colleague, cohort, and constituent in the ministry. And I hope that someone is going to be blessed today by hearing his journey. Care. God bless. Join us next week for part two. 
God bless you. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. We love you, brother. Thank you. Mm, Thank you. Remember, we've got work to do, folks, so keep chopping the wood. God bless you. And thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.